Act Two of The Rover, Part One by Afra Ben. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One, The Long Street. Enter Belleville and Frederick in masking habits, and Wilmore in his own clothes, with a vizard in his hand. But why thus disguised and muzzled? Because whatever extravagances we commit in these faces, our own may not be obliged to answer them. I should have changed my eternal buff too. But no matter, my little gypsy would not have found me out then. For if she should change hers, it is impossible I should know her, unless I should hear her prattle. A pox on it! I cannot get her out of my head. Pray heaven, if I ever do see her again, she proved damnable ugly, that I may fortify myself against her tongue. Have a care, love, for of my conscience she was not of a quality to give thee any hopes. Pox on em. Why do they draw a man in, then? She has played with my heart so that twill never lie still till I have met with some kind wench that will play the game out with me. Oh, for my arms full of soft, white, kind woman such as i fancy angelica this is her house if you were but in stock to get admittance they have not dined yet i perceive the picture is not out enter blunt i long to see the shadow of the fair substance a man may gaze on that for nothing colonel thy hand and thine fred a very coxcomb from my birth till this hour and heartily repent my little faith what the devil's the matter with thee ned oh such a mistress fred such a girl ha where ay where so fond so amorous so doing and fine and all for sheer love he rogue oh how she looked and kissed and soothed my heart from my bosom i cannot think i was awake and yet methinks i see and feel her charm still fred try if she have not left the taste of her balmy kisses upon my lips kisses him ha 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 ay where what a dog i was to stay in dull england so long how have i laughed at the colonel when he sighed for love but no the little archer has revenged him and by his own dart i can guess at all his joys which then i took for fancies mere dreams and fables well i'm resolved to sell all in essex and plant here for ever what a blessing tis thou hast a mistress thou darest boast of for i know thy humour is rather to have a proclaimed clap than a secret amour dost know her name her name no sad lickens what care i for names she's fair young brisk and kind even to rubbishment and what a pox care i for knowing her by another title didst give her anything give her ha <laughs> ha why she's a person of quality that's a good un give her sadly kittens dost think such creatures are to be bought or are we provided for such a purchase give her quoth ye why she presented me with this bracelet for a toy of a diamond i used to wear no gentleman ned blunt is not for everybody she expects me again to-night egad that's well we'll all go not a soul no gentlemen you are wits i am a dull country rogue i well sir for all your person of quality 
i shall be very glad to understand your purse be secure tis our old estate at present which we are loth to hazard in one bottom come sir unload take the necessary trifle useless now to me that i'm beloved by such a gentlewoman sartlikens money here take mine too no keep that to be cozened that we may laugh cozened death would i could meet with one that would cozen me of all the love i could spare to-night pox tis some common hoe upon my life a whore yes with such clothes such jewels such a house such furniture and so attended a whore why yes sir they are whores though they'll neither entertain you with drinking swearing or bawdy our whores in all those gay clothes and right jewels our whores with great houses richly furnished with velvet beds store of plate handsome attendants and fine coaches our whores and errant ones pox on it where do these fine whores live where no rogue in office eclept constables dare give them laws nor the wine-bellied bullies of the town break their windows yet they are whores though this essex calf believe them persons of quality sartlikens you're fools there are things about this essex calf that shall take with the ladies beyond all your wits and parts this shape and size gentlemen are not to be despised my waist tolerably long with other inviting signs that shall be nameless Egad i believe he may have met with some person of quality that may be kind to him dost thou perceive any such tempting things about him should make a fine woman and of quality pick him out from all mankind to throw away her youth and beauty upon nay and her dear heart too no no angelica has raised the price too high may she languish for all mankind till she die and be damned for that one sin alone Enter two bravos, and hang up a great picture of Angelica's against the balcony, and two little ones on each side of the door. See there, the fair sign to the inn where a man may lodge that's fool enough to give her price. Wilmore gazes on the picture. Sartlikens, gentlemen, what's this? A famous courtesan that's to be sold. A how? To be sold? Nay, then, I have nothing to say to her. Sold? what impudence is practised in this country with order and decency whoreings established here by virtue of the inquisition come let's be gone i'm sure we know chapman for this commodity thou art none i'm sure unless thou couldst have her in thy bed at the price of a couch in the street how wondrous fair she is a thousand crowns a month by heaven as many kingdoms were too little plague of this poverty of which i ne'er complain but when it hinders my approach to beauty which virtue ne'er could purchase turns from the picture what's this reads a thousand crowns a month sartlikens here's a sum sure it is a mistake hark you friend does she take or give so much by the month a thousand crowns why tis a portion for the infanta hark ye friends won't she trust this is a trade sir that cannot live by credit enter don pedro in masquerade followed by stephanin see here's more company let's walk off for a while pedro reads exeunt english 
Enter Angelica and Moretta in the balcony, and draw a silk curtain. Fetch me a thousand crowns. I never wish to buy this beauty at an easier rate. Passes off. Prithee, what said those fellows to thee? Madam, the first were admirers of beauty only, but no purchasers. They were merry with your price and picture, laughed at the sum, and so passed off. No matter. I'm not displeased with their rallying. Their wonder feeds my vanity, and he that wishes to buy gives me more pride than he that gives my price can make me pleasure. Madam, the last I knew through all his disguises to be Don Pedro, nephew to the general, and who was with him in Pamplona. Don Pedro, my old gallant's nephew, when his uncle died he left him a vast sum of money. It is he who was so in love with me at Padua, and who used to make the general so jealous. Is that he who used to prance before our window, and take such care to show himself an amorous ass? If I am not mistaken, he is the likest man to give your price. The man is brave and generous, but of an humour so uneasy and inconstant, that the victory over his heart is as soon lost as won. A slave that can add little to the triumph of the conqueror. But inconstancy is the sin of all mankind. Therefore I'm resolved that nothing but gold shall charm my heart. I'm glad, aunt. "'Tis only interest that women of our profession ought to consider. "'Though I wonder what kept you from that general disease of our sex so long. "'I mean, that of being in love.' "'A kind but sullen star, under which I had the happiness to be born. "'Yet I have had no time for love. "'The bravest and noblest of mankind have purchased my favours at so dear a rate, "'as if no coin but gold were current with our trade. "'But here's Don Pedro again. Fetch me my lute. "'For tis for him—' or Don Antonio the Viceroy's son, that I have spread my nets. Enter at one door Don Pedro and Stefano, Don Antonio and Diego, his page, at the other door, with people following him in masquerade, antically attired, some with music. They both go up to the picture. A thousand crowns. Had not the painter flattered her, I should not think it dear. Flattered her? By heaven he cannot i have seen the original nor is there one charm here more than adorns her face and eyes all this soft and sweet with a certain languishing air that no artist can represent what i heard of her beauty before had fired my soul but this confirmation of it has blown it into a flame ha huh. sir I've known you throw away a thousand crowns on a ware's face, and though you're near your marriage, you may venture a little love here. Florinda will not miss it. Aside. Huh. Florinda. Sure, tis Antonio. Florinda. Name not those distant joys. There's not one thought of her will check my passion here. Florinda scorned and all my hopes defeated at the possession of angelica a noise of a lute above antonio gazes up her injuries by heaven he shall not boast of song to a lute above when damon first began to love he languished in a soft desire and knew not how the gods to move to lessen or increase his fire 
For Celia in her charming eyes Wore all love sweet and all his cruelties. But as beneath the shade he lay, Weaving of flowers for Celia's hair, She chanced to lead her flock that way, And saw the amorous shepherd there. She gazed around upon the place, And saw the grove resembling night, To all the joys of love invite, Whilst guilty smiles and blushes dressed her face. At this the bashful youth all transport grew, and with kind force he taught the virgin how to yield what all his sighs could never do. By heaven, she's charming fair. Angelica throws open the curtains and bows to Antonio, who pulls off his vizard and bows and blows up kisses. Pedro, unseen, looks in his face. Tis he the false antonio to the bravo friend where must i pay my offering of love my thousand crowns i mean that offering i have designed to make and yours will come too late prithee be gone i shall grow angry else and then thou art not safe my anger may be fatal sir as yours and he that enters here may prove this truth I know not who thou art, but I am sure thou art worth my killing and aiming at Angelica. They draw and fight. Answer Wilmore and Blunt, who draw and part him. Sartlicans, here's a fine doins. Tilting for the wench, I'm sure. Nay, gad, if that would win her, I have as good a sword as the best of ye. Put up, put up, and take another time and place, for this is designed for lovers only. We are prevented. Dare you meet me to-morrow on the Molo? For I've a title to a better quarrel, that of Florinda, in whose credulous heart thou'st made an interest and destroyed my hopes. Dare, I'll meet thee there as early as the day. We will come thus disguised, that whosoever chance to get the better, he may escape unknown. It shall be so. Exeunt Pedro and Stefano. Who should this rival be? unless the english colonel of whom i have often heard don pedro speak it must be he and time he were removed who lays a claim to all my happiness wilmore having gazed all this while on the picture pulls down a little one this posture's loose and negligent the sight on it would beget a warm desire in souls whom impotence and age had chilled this must along with me what means this rudeness sir restore the picture ha rudeness committed to the fair angelica restore the picture sir indeed i will not sir by heaven but you shall nay do not show your sword if you do by this dear beauty i will show mine too what right can you pretend to it that of possession which i will maintain you perhaps have the thousand crowns to give for the original no matter sir you shall restore the picture oh moretta what's the matter or leave your life behind death you lie i will do neither hold i command you if for me you fight they fight 
the spaniards join with antonio blunt laying on like mad they leave off and bow how heavenly fair she is oh, plague of her price you sir in buff you that appear a soldier that first began this insolence tis true i did so if you call it insolence for a man to preserve himself i saw your charming picture and was wounded quite through my soul each pointed beauty ran and wanting a thousand crowns to procure my remedy i laid this little picture to my bosom which if you cannot allow me i'll resign no you may keep the trifle you shall first ask my leave and this fight again as before enter belleville and frederick who join with the english hold will you ruin me bisky sebastian part them the spaniards are beaten off oh madam we're undone a pox upon that rude fellow he's set on to ruin us we shall never see good days till all these fighting poor rogues are sent to the galleys enter belleville blunt and wilmore with his shirt bloody shartlikens beat me at this spot and i'll ne'er wear a sword more the devil's in thee for a mad fellow thou art always one at an unlikely adventure come let's be gone while we're safe and remember these are spaniards a sort of people that know how to revenge an affront to wilmore you bleed i hope you're not wounded not much a plague upon your dons if they fight no better they'll ne'er recover flanders what the devil was it to them that i took down the picture took it sartlikens we'll have the great one too tis ours by conquest prithee help me up and i'll pull it down stay sir and ere you affront me further let me know how you durst commit this outrage to you i speak sir for you appear like a gentleman to me madam gentleman your servant is the devil in me dost thou know the danger of entering a house of an incensed courtesan i thank you for your care but there are other matters in hand there are though we have no great temptation death let me go yes to your lodging if you will but not in here damn these gay handlords by this hand i'll have as sound and handsome a hoe for a patacone death man she will murder thee oh fear me not shall i not venture where a beauty calls a lovely charming beauty for fear of danger when by heaven there's none so great as to long for her whilst i want money to purchase her therefore tis loss of time unless you had a thousand crowns to pay it may be she may give a favour at least i shall have the pleasure of saluting her when i enter and when i depart pox she'll as soon lie with thee as kiss thee and sooner stab than do either you shall not go fear not sir all i have to wound with is my eyes let him go sartlikens i believe the gentlewoman means well well take thy fortune we'll expect you in the next street farewell fool farewell bye colonel goes in the rook start mad for a bench exeunt scene two a fine chamber enter wilmore angelica and moretta insolent sir how durst you pull down my picture rather how durst you set it up to tempt poor amorous mortals with so much excellence which i find you have but too well consulted by the unmerciful price you set upon it is all this heaven of beauty shown to move despair in those that cannot buy and can you think the effects of that despair should be less extravagant than i have shown i sent for you to ask my pardon sir not to aggravate your crime i thought i should have seen you at my feet imploring it you were deceived 
I came to rail at you and talk such truths too as shall let you see the vanity of that pride which taught you how to set such a price on sin. For such it is, whilst that which is loves you is meanly bartered for. <laughs> Alas, good captain, what pity tis your edifying doctrine will do no good upon me. Moretta, fetch the gentleman a glass, and let him survey himself to see what charms he has, and guess my business. He knows himself of old. I believe those breaches, and he have been acquainted ever since he was beaten at Worcester. Nay, do not abuse the poor creature. Good weather-beaten corporal, will you march off? We have no need for your doctrine, though you have of our charity. But at present we have no scraps. We can afford no kindness for God's sake. In fine, sirrah, the price is too high in the mouth for you. Therefore troop, I say. Here, good forewoman of the shop, serve me, and I'll be gone. Keep it to pay your landress. Your linen stinks over the gun-room, for he is no selling by retail. Thou hast sold plenty of thy stale ware at a cheap rate. Ay, the more silly kind heart, ay. But this is an age where beauty is at the highest rate. In fine, you know the price of this. I grant you, tis here set down a thousand crowns a month. Ford, take your black lead and sum it up, that I may have a pistol worth of these bain-gay things, and I'll trouble you no more pox on him he'll fret me to death abominable fellow i tell thee we only sell by whole piece tis very hard the whole cargo or nothing faith madam my stock will not reach it i cannot be your chapman yet i have countrymen in town merchants of love like me i'll see if they'll put for a share we cannot lose much by it and what we have no use for we'll sell upon friday smart at uh, who gives more I am studying, madam, how to purchase you, though at present I am unprovided of money. Sure, this from any other man would anger me, nor shall he know the conquest he has made. Poor angry man, how I despise this railing! Yes, I am poor, but I am a gentleman, and one that scorns this baseness which you practice. Poor as I am, I would not sell myself, no, not to gain your charming high-prized person. Though I admire you strangely for your beauty, yet I condemn your mind. And yet I would at any rate enjoy you, at your own rate, but cannot. See here, the only sum I can command on earth. I know not where to eat when this is gone. Yet such a slave I am to love and beauty, this last reserve I'll sacrifice to enjoy you. Nay, do not frown. I know you are to be bought, and would be bought, by me, by me, for a mean trifling sum, if I could pay it down, which happy knowledge I will still repeat, and lay it to my heart. It has a virtue in it, and will soon cure these wounds your eyes have made. And yet, there's something so divinely powerful there. Nay, I will gaze, to let you see my strength. Holds her, looks on her, and pauses and sighs. Ah, oh, by heaven, bright creature, I would not for the world thy fame were half so fair as is thy face. Turns her away from him. Aside. His words go through me to the very soul. If you have nothing else to say to me. Yes, you shall hear how infamous you are, for which I do not hate thee. But that secures my heart, and all the flames it feels are but so many lusts. 
I know it by their sudden bold intrusion. The fire's impatient and betrays. It is false. For had it been the purer flame of love, I should have pined and languished at your feet, ere found the impudence to have discovered it. I now dare stand your scorn and your denial. Sure she's bewitched that she can stand thus tamely and hear this saucy railing. Sirrah, will you be gone? To Moretta. How dare you take this liberty? Withdraw. Pray tell me, sir, are not you guilty of the same mercenary crime? When a lady is proposed to you for a wife, you never ask how fair, discreet, or virtuous she is, but what's her fortune? Which, if but small, you cry, she will not do my business, and basely leave her, though she languish for you. Say, is not this as poor? It is a barbarous custom which I will scorn to defend in our sex, and do despise in yours. Thou art a brave fellow. Put up thy gold, and know, that were thy fortune large, as is thy soul, thou shouldst not buy my love. Couldst thou forget those mean effects of vanity which set me out to sail, and as a lover prize my yielding joys? Canst thou believe they'll be entirely thine without considering they were mercenary? I cannot tell. I must bethink me first. Aside. Ah, death. I'm going to believe her. Prithee, confirm that faith. Or if thou canst not, flatter me a little. Twill please me from thy mouth. Curse on thy charming tongue. Dost thou return my feigned contempt with so much subtlety? Thou hast found the easiest way into my heart. Though I yet know that all thou sayest is false. Turning from her in a rage, aside. By all that's good, tis real. I never loved before, though oft a mistress. Shall my first vows be slighted? What can she mean? I find you cannot credit me. I know you mean to take me for an errant ass, an ass that may be soothed into belief and then be used at pleasure. But, madam, I have so often been cheated by perjured, soft, deluding hypocrites that I've no faith left for the cozening sex, especially for women of your trade. The low esteem you have of me perhaps may bring my heart again, for I have pride that yet surmounts my love. She turns with pride. He holds her. Throw off this pride, this enemy to bliss, and show the power of love. Tis with those arms only I can be vanquished and made a slave. Is all my mighty expectation vanished? No, I will not hear thee talk. Thou hast a charm in every word that draws my heart away. And all the thousand trophies I designed thou hast undone. Why art thou soft? Thy looks are bravely rough and meant for war. Could thou not storm on still? I then perhaps had been as free as thou. Aside. Death, how she throws her fire about my soul. Take heed, fair creature, how you raise my hopes, which once assumed pretend to all dominion. There's not a joy thou hast in store I shall not then command, for which I'll pay thee back my soul, my life. Come, let's begin the account this happy minute. And will you pay me then the price I ask? Oh, why dost thou draw from me an awful worship by showing thou art no divinity? Conceal the fiend, and show me all the angel. Keep me but ignorant, and I'll be devout, and pay my vows for ever at this shrine. Kneels and kisses her hand. The pay, I mean, is but thy love for mine. Can you give that? Entirely. Come, let's withdraw, where I'll renew my vows and 
breathe them with such ardour, thou shalt not doubt my zeal. Thou hast a power too strong to be resisted. Exeunt, Wilmore and Angelica. Now my curse go with you. Is all our project fallen to this? To love the only enemy to our trades? Nay, to love such a shamaroon, a very beggar, nay, a pirate beggar, whose business is to rifle and be gone, and no purchase, no pay, tatterdemalion, an English picaroon, a rogue that fights for daily drink, and takes prides in being loyally lousy. Oh, I could curse now. I have durst. This is the fate of most whores. End of Act Two